Welcome to another episode of True Crimes, and we're Toms. I'm Ashley. And I'm Kim. And today, I'm going to be talking about the dancing plague of 1518. I'm sure we're all pretty comfortable in our knowledge of plagues and pandemics here lately. We should be by now. (laughs) Yeah. But have you ever danced from a plague? I mean, not personally. Then I'll just, I won't say anything then. (laughs) And I will be telling you about Clementine Barnabet, a cult member and serial killer from New Orleans who murdered at least 17 people personally and was responsible for so many more murders. Oh, snap. In January of 1911, the bodies of Walter J. Byers, his wife, and their young son were found in their home in Crowley, Louisiana. They had been murdered in the middle of the night. Articles from the Times said they had been brained with an axe. An axe that had actually been left inside the home. What is up with Louisiana and axes? I mean, not a good, not a good history with axes. <laughs> now, the family had lived in the poor part of town where violence was fairly common, but the brutality of these murders in particular garnered a lot of attention from the press, and people started freaking out about it. Oh, sure. Then just a few weeks later, in February, another family was killed. This time, it was Alexander Andres, his wife Mimi, his three-year-old son, and his 11-month-old baby girl. Oh, no. Again... The whole family was killed with an axe while they were sleeping. After the murders, the killer posed the bodies. Oh, gross. And Alexander and his wife were posed kneeling next to their bed as if they were praying. Oh, gross. Yeah. And like the kids in these, I did find some description of how the kids were killed and I just can't. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. I hate that stuff. Now, police quickly link the two crimes because, you know, they were murdered the same way. Mm-hmm. Both scenes, the axe was left there. But other than that and the fact that both families were black, the crimes seemed completely random. And there was no connection between wow. either families. They weren't friends. They didn't know each other. It seemed like a maniac was just randomly yeah. murdering families. Ooh, that's scary. A month later, in San Antonio, Texas... Oh, Alfred and Elizabeth Cassaway, along with their three children, were found, you guessed it, murdered with an yep. axe. Now, now that's quite a ways away. Oh, yeah. It's it's a pretty good ride away yeah. in the 1900s, especially. <laughs> yeah. Early 1900s, <laughs> at least. I guess in the 90s, yeah. it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. <laughs> now, at first, the police don't connect this crime to our other two, because, first of all, it was in Texas. Right. And secondly, because Miss Cassaway was white, so the first assumption was that it was a hate crime. But eventually, somehow, they did connect it to the other crimes. Okay. Were they posed as well? I didn't find anything that said they were. Oh, okay. I believe the last family was the only one I found anything about being posed. Oh, okay. I was wondering if that was a connection. So police follow several leads. At one point, they kind of zero in on this quote lunatic (laughs) that had escaped from an asylum and they arrest him and bring him in they couldn't find any evidence he was even connected so they send him back to the asylum i was waiting for so they let him go he was escaped they send him back (laughs) 
But then one day, a witness comes forward. It is the mistress of Raymond Barnabet. Hmm. She claims that during one of their many fights, he confessed to her that he had committed the murders. Raymond was a known criminal with a very violent past. Mm, okay. So police quickly arrest him and they put him in jail. And then in October of 1911, they take him to trial. During the trial, both his children, Zephyrin and Clementine. Zephyrin sounds like a medicine. <laughs> it does. And so Zephyrin and Clementine testify against their father. They tell a story about their father coming home one morning covered in blood and brains. And oh. they convince the jury that they are absolutely terrified of their father. Because it was super unusual for kids to testify against their parents. Yeah. So since that was a big deal, that the kids are testifying against their dad. And it was a very convincing trial, apparently. Mm -hmm. Raymond is convicted and he's sent to jail. I did actually find a couple of sources, maybe one source, that he filed an appeal to have a retrial because yeah. because he was drunk for the entirety of this one. <laughs> well, maybe. But I don't think that went anywhere. Probably not. Then, in November 1911, while Raymond was in jail, another family was slaughtered. Uh-oh. This time, it was Norbert Randall, his wife... And four kids, ages two to eight. Oh. It was their three kids and their nephew that had oh, no. been in the house. Yeah. And they were found the next morning by their oldest daughter. Oh, my God. Who was 10 years old and had been spending the night at her uncle's house. Now, in this particular one, Norbert had actually been shot in the head before he was hit with the axe. Oh. But none of the other family members were shot first. So I'm not really sure why that was added this time. Maybe, maybe he fought back. Maybe they didn't think maybe. they could take him. I'm not sure. That's I weird. mean, they usually, they would kill people while they were sleeping. They'd come up yeah. and just whack them once. Nobody even wakes up. Maybe he woke up. Maybe he did. I don't know. That's there's, weird. Because this happened in the early 1900s, there's not yeah. a whole lot of verifiable information about them. Right. So it's really hard to know some of the details. But we do know, as usual... The axe was left at the crime scene, mm -hmm. which, like, I guess they have an endless supply of axes. <laughs> so they're not just taking the family's axes? I mean, maybe. I guess, does every family have an axe? I mean, probably. Uh, They'd need it for wood chopping. I'm not going to tell anyone if we do. You're not going to come kill me. Yeah, there's no axes in this house. <laughs> or knives or guns or anything else you could kill us with. None. It's a safe house. <laughs> With a panic room. Don't even bother. Yeah, you can't get in here. Don't even try. I have an alarm system. <laughs> so now Raymond's in jail. Another family has been murdered the same way. Can't be Raymond. Well, police are still pretty convinced he's guilty from the first crimes. Oh, my gosh. So they decide to go back and look at his family. Mm -hmm. When they go and search Raymond's house, they find clothing that belonged to Clementine, and it was covered in blood. Oh, they also found blood on her door latch. And an endless supply of axes. And an endless supply. <laughs> no. <laughs> Originally, Clementine says, oh, I'm innocent. That's period blood. I just leaked a little. Uh, all over your shirt, Clementine. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
and they sent it off to be tested, and they came back and said, no, that's not menstrual blood. That's definitely brains. Ah. So Clementine is taken to jail. Now, her mm-hmm. brother, Zephyrin, is actually cleared because he has an alibi for the night of the murder. Really? So it's just Clementine that goes to jail. Everyone in the community kind of just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. The other one's in jail. That has to be the end of the murders. Is it the end, Kim? It is not the end oh of the murders. <laughs> in January of 1912, sources differ. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of sources right. for cases this early. So a couple of sources say there were two more families killed. A couple said there were three more families killed. Oh. I did find names of two families, though. Okay. The first family was Marie Warner and her three children, ages two to nine. Oh, my God. See, that's the worst. Wow. I know. All of them are children. All of all yeah. of the families have kids and young kids at that. I know. That's awful. And it was in Crowley, Louisiana. The other family was the most horrific uh-huh. of the murders. It was Felix Broussard, his wife, and their three children. And now a couple of sources say that the children's blood was drained into buckets. Oh, my God. A couple sources say they were completely dismembered and decapitated. Either way, there was some pretty nasty stuff that had happened to this family. And they also found on the wall, written in blood, were the words, When he maketh the inquisition for blood, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Which is a version of Psalm 912 in the King James Bible. Mm -hmm. And it was signed, The Human Five. What? And the hands of the victims, they used wooden splints Uh between the fingers to hold them apart. Like they're holding up five fingers. Yeah. To signify, I guess, their name. Yeah. The Human Five. Okay. So then Clementine goes to trial. She reportedly laughs and screams and rocks and just kind of acts crazy while she's on the stand. And that's not all she does, though. She proceeds to just give a full confession. All right. Like, at first, they're questioning her. She's laughing. She's rocking. She's screaming at them. And then she's like, actually, I killed a lot of people. So, I might be prematurely asking, but, like, is she doing this to maybe get a insane play, insanity play? Well, her defense attorneys do say she's insane. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was an act or if it was legitimate. Yeah. I really don't know. So during her confession, she admits that she belongs to a secret cult called the Church of Sacrifice, uh-huh. along with her brother, father, and two other accomplices. And together they formed a group called the Human Five. Mm. Great band name. (laughs) And they had apparently met a voodoo doctor who sold them voodoo spells to keep. Now, I found some sources that said hoodoo and some of them said that voodoo. Um, I know there's a difference. There is a difference. But I couldn't find a definite which one it was. So I left it as voodoo, but just know it could have been hoodoo. Okay. But they they sold them either the voodoo or the hoodoo spells. (laughs) The spell was meant to keep them completely hidden from detection in anything that they do. Well, I guess that didn't work, did it? Apparently not. Didn't do it right. She also claimed to be responsible for killing a family in Rain, Louisiana in 1909, which was 
at least a year and a half, if not two years, before the first oh, murder. Yeah. And that was the family of Edna Opelousas and her three children, all ages four to nine. Oh, my God, more kids. I know. Every family. Jeez. And crimes against children are really hard for me. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, no. Whew, those are rough. Clementine also said she would dress as a man to avoid suspicion. Mm-hmm. She would take the train to the various cities for the murders. And a few sources said that she even caressed the bodies of the children after she killed them. What which kind of? We're, I saw one article that actually used the word fondle. Okay. So, Gross. yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother level. So, all in all, she took credit for 17 murders personally. Mm-hmm. And was responsible for anywhere between 20 and 35 total Jeez. deaths. Depending on if she actually committed all the murders or directed people to commit yeah. all the murders that she claimed she did. So this cult believed that killing sinners would huh. lead to immortality. They were doing good work by killing the sinners. And apparently killing the children was out of mercy. Oh, okay. Because... She felt like it was cruel to leave them orphans, so they were better off. Sure, dead. Right. Okay. Makes sense, I guess. She also, I found one source that said she claimed that these other families were members of the Church of Sacrifice. And that they had kind of fallen away from the way and the preacher had instructed her to you know, take out the people who were backsliding or something. But the police could never verify that any of these people were actually members of this cult. That's so weird. And the preacher she refers to claims he never said anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't take any responsibility for that. Yeah, me either. Now, as far as the rest of the cult, I found so many conflicting reports. Of course. So some say her brother was arrested as well. Uh, some say as many as 50 people were arrested oh, as geez. part of this cult and convicted. Some say none of her leads pan out and they can't find any of the people that she said was responsible. Mm-hmm. And there's some that say she just made up the whole cult thing because she actually was insane. I mean, maybe. So, honestly, I don't know if there really was a cult. Yeah. I don't know if they arrested anyone else. I don't know if they arrested her brother. I just, I can't find any hard, concrete, yep, this is what happened. But somebody else had to, and. Yeah, clearly there were other people. I mean, her and her dad were already in jail, and there were still people being murdered. Well, I mean, I already, from the beginning, kind of pinned that on her brother, so. Oh, yeah. I absolutely assume it was her brother. But. So something had to be going on, at least. Absolutely. And a cult, I don't know. But. I do want to point out, though, she was arrested and sent to jail in 1912. The Axeman of New Orleans murders spanned from 1918 <gasps> to 1919. Shut up. So were they cult members? Was it a copycat? Was it completely unrelated? Is Ooh. New Orleans just really bad with axes? <laughs> huh. I would recommend, if you live in New Orleans, maybe just not keep an axe around your house, just in case. Oh, apparently you might not even have to have an axe. Somebody might just bring it. Yeah, from their chest of axes. (laughs) So in October of 1912, after being examined and determined to be sane, 
Clementine was sentenced to life in prison. Yep, good. But just 10 years later, 10, 10 uh-huh. years, she was released on good behavior. Mm-hmm. They released the axe murderer on good behavior. Just, she confessed to 17 murders. That alone. She also did attempt an escape once. They caught her and brought her back. Even so, better. So she had tried to break out and get away. She killed 17 people. And they're just like, she's been really good since she's been in jail, though. So she's reformed now. We yeah. can let her go. Uh-huh. And they did. They just let her go. I do not understand the justice system back then. And she disappeared. Well, naturally. No one knows what happened to Clementine Barnabet after that. That's terrifying. However, in 1980, a woman visited her 103-year-old grandmother who talked about the murders a lot and seemed to know a lot about them. And when the granddaughter saw a picture of her grandmother when she was younger... She looked an awful lot like Clementine Barnabas. Oh, my God! Yeah. Wow. I mean, she had to go somewhere. Yeah, you're right, but ooh. <laughs> Could you imagine found that, finding that out about your grandma? Oh, my God. <laughs> In July of 1518, a woman named Frau Trophea made her way into the street of Strasbourg, Alsace, which is modern-day France, and began to just dance she twirled and she twisted and she swayed and she i I don't know gyrated whatever the kids do these days yeah those days (laughs) and she continued to do that for about a week straight and not long after about three dozen other women came out and started doing the same thing now i'm not sure what they were listening to probably wop it's got a good beat yeah it's probably gotta be it's the 1500s they are going to just blame it on bad blood. I'm not talking about the Taylor Swift kind. Actually, what they say is overheated blood. Were they too hot and that <laughs> made them dance? Because when I'm hot, I don't want to dance. Maybe it was, I'm going to take my clothes off hot. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> um, but they assumed that they would just dance, dance it out of their systems. Let's just get all that out of there. Because I guess they didn't have too much more to go on because they didn't have WebMD, right? So this one chick goes out and starts dancing. Yeah. And then some other people were like, that looks like fun. Let's do that. Well, it would look like that. But turns out they had a plague of just dancing. A dancing plague. I got a fever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That kind. <laughs> so anyway, they built a stage for them to dance on, you know, because they got to dance this out of their system. Yeah. Might as well help them along. Yep. They uh, they hired a band. So we got music going on. That's really nice of them. Okay. So here's the thing. If I'm sick and I can't stop dancing, the last thing I want to do is be patronized with a band. <laughs> right. Like, help me, please. I can't stop. Here's some music. <laughs> Uh, And then the dancers danced and danced and danced. Many of them collapsed from exhaustion. Some of them were said to have died from strokes or heart attacks. And, you know, 
They were dancing. Their bodies just couldn't take anymore. They literally danced themselves to death. They danced themselves to death. All while a band was playing. And yeah, and everybody else was like, this is <laughs> yeah! some great beats, though. <laughs> so less than a month later, there were actually 400 people that had been afflicted with this disease, plague. I don't know, shaking in their hips. They just can't get out. I don't know. Uh, blood. What? 400 people. That's that's the rumor. Let's put it that way. What? Okay, I'll save my theories for the end. I've got some theories, too. Okay. We'll put it all together. Now, the Privy Councils, they'd had enough. This is getting ridiculous. There's too many people dancing. I guess not enough people working. Who's making the bread? Literally. I mean, yeah, people are dying and they're finally like, maybe we should stop with the music. <laughs> maybe that's not good. <laughs> they ordered the stages to be pulled down. They stopped the music. They actually banned dancing in the town. Kevin Bacon would have hated Kevin that. Kevin Bacon would have done it anyway. In a warehouse. <laughs> Damn the man. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the band itself... Stated that if there were to be any music played at the celebrations or events, only stringed instruments were to be played. Because apparently percussion, the percussion section was just too much. That sick beat, though. That sick beat, though. <laughs> Waltzes only. In September, like I said, they had enough. So they just rounded all these people up. They put them in a wagon. And they took a three-day trip up into the mountains to the Shrine of St. Vadas. Now, St. Vadas is a saint who had apparently been known to have the power to curse people with a dancing plague. Well, uh, that's very specific. It is, right? So this was like a known thing before this happened. Like, dancing plagues can happen. There were very small cases of it around that area. But this was just this the, was just the big biggest one. one. This is the biggest one. I didn't know that saints were in the habit of cursing people. St. Patrick got all those snakes out of Ireland. Was that a curse? I don't know. I don't know my saints. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> I hear they go marching in, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. They go marching in. But the reason they took them up there is because apparently this is where Frau Trofea had been cured. So, and she didn't bother to tell anyone else? I mean, I guess she did eventually. I don't know. I guess so. Maybe she came back down. She's like, I'm cured. And everybody's like, well, let's, these guys are still going. Let's see what happens. I mean, yeah. Now we've had enough. Let's take them up there. So they kept dancing even without the music then? Yeah. The, I assume that's how it originally started. She huh. just stepped out of her house one day and just living it up. Living La Vida Loca. Hmm. When they arrived at the shrine, the priests there moved to the dancers, which they were called choreomaniacs. She's a choreomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> they moved these choreomaniacs under a wooden carving of St. Vadas. They placed wooden crosses in their hands. They put red shoes on their feet. Why red shoes? I don't have a clue. That I couldn't find. I looked. Oh. I don't know if that sparks. I don't know if there's any significance to that. Or they were just needing a way to keep them separate. Although I guess it's not hard to tell who's dancing and who's not. <laughs> I want to know how they got those shoes on them. That's I just realized. Stop dancing a second. I hey, need no, to... stop, stop boofing. They sprinkled holy water on the soles and the tops of those shoes. See, how did they do that? I would have just been throwing water, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe they did it before they put them on them. Mm, maybe that makes more sense. See, I did things the hard way. <laughs> and they painted crosses. They painted the wooden crosses that went into their hands with consecrated oil. So they're blessing these items. Okay. Now I guess that did the trick, and I guess Saint Vitus forgave them for whatever they had done wrong. Okay. Well. But they had stopped dancing. That did it. That did the trick. Now, according to Wikipedia, some sources claim that there were up to like 15 deaths a day due to this plague. I guess from exhaustion. But there's other sources and documents like from Stras- Strasbourg. Who... <clears throat> but there are like actual sources and documents from the city, Strasbourg itself, that actually don't mention any numbers of deaths or fatalities. And in fact, a historian and author, John Waller, mentions that deaths actually weren't mentioned until the retelling of these stories. So these people were just dancing. Nobody died. That's what he says. There's no deaths. Maybe they still danced. Maybe it was an issue, but maybe nobody was really dying. Maybe they were just rebelling. We'll get to that. Funny you say that. Yeah. Now, this also wasn't, like we said, it, like I said, it wasn't a new thing. That was going on. There were similar types of manias that were going on around Europe. Uh, Switzerland, Germany, Holland. Again, none of those were as big as this. So maybe these retellings of the deaths during this plague was just their way of keeping up with the Joneses. Our town's plague was the worst. People danced until they died. Yeah. My (laughs) fish was 12 inches long. I mean, my fish was three feet long. I mean, I caught a whale. (laughs) And people died. (laughs) So, what actually caused this weird dancing in the streets? Sorry, all I want to do is make a David Bowie joke. (laughs) (laughs) Now, according to... And you're going to have to forgive me because this is not going to be said right. Paracelsus? Who... Sounds right to me. Thank you. (laughs) I knew it. He was a Swiss physician. Got it that time. He was an alchemist, he was a theologian, and he was a German Renaissance philosopher, according to Wikipedia. This is the first time I've ever heard of him, so I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. Okay. Paracelsus. All of that to say that Paracelsus believed that Frau Trofea decided to dance in the streets to embarrass and dishonor her husband. As we women do. Obviously. I never thought to actually dance. And that, that would be a great embarrassment to Logan if ooh. I danced in the streets. Actually. I'm not a good dancer. Me either. I dance very whatly. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to enjoy that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, he believes the other women saw what she was doing and said, hey, my husband need to, needs to learn a lesson, too. So they got out there and started dancing, too. And then when their husbands come out and are like, get in the house, like, can't plague. Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> can't stop dancing. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I guess that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are women going to do to get back their men in the 1500s except dance? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think dancing was going to be the least of the least of the reasons they would get burned at the stake. Yeah. If they all claim they're sick. Yeah, they're, I was sick. I could see that. Yeah. It doesn't matter because apparently Paracelsus was a huge misogynist. So I'm just going to strike through that one. I'm not going to take that one as a theory. <laughs> Glad we spent so much time on it. 
but you make your own decisions. <laughs> Another possibility that seems more logical is that the townspeople had ergot poisoning. Which is... Oh, well, my next sentence was... Oh, I'm sorry. Sure I'm sure you've all heard of it, but maybe not. I have not. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is actually one of the... One of the theories they have about the Salem witch trials, too. Okay. But ergot is a type of mold that grows on raw bread. And you cook it, and then you eat it, and then you start twitching and jerking and having hallucinations. So they were just tripping? Maybe they were just tripping. But John Waller, again, the historian, he, he, he insists that... That can't be the case because ergot poisoning also restricts blood flow to the extremities, which means there wouldn't be much dancing of any kind, much less days at a time. But, like, could there be some other kind of poisoning? Well, like some kind of maybe natural they... gas leak to make people it's, crazy? I don't know. Swamp gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, what if they just didn't get the full effect of ergot poisoning? I mean, it had to be a pretty heavy dose if it made them dance for weeks, though. Well, I mean, if they're all eating off the same... Do they take dance breaks to go eat and sleep? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there was one where I saw... I don't remember the article. You'll have to forgive me for that. But where it mentioned that she wasn't dancing for hours. It was just... Or all day for days. But, like, she would still... She would collapse, and then when she woke back up, she would start dancing again. But other sources make it sound like they were just dancing until they collapsed for days. Huh. So. I really need to know if they took bathroom breaks. Oh, that'd be kind of gross, though. Can you stop your compelled dancing long enough to go pee? If you can, what? I'm doubting your plague theory. That's true. I don't know. I mean... If you're dancing until you collapse, I mean, and if you're twitching that hard. Or maybe you just dance to the bathroom, dance while you're on the oh, potty. Oh, yeah. I said still. potty because I have a toddler. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> I don't know. I just picture if you're, if you're going that hard, you're just going all over yourself. I mean, maybe so. Or maybe if they weren't taking food and water breaks, they didn't have to go. Well, Kim, hang on. It is the 1500s. In France. I mean, yeah, where did they pee anyway? Probably in the street, so... Well, if I remember history correctly, they just went behind drapes in Versailles. So, I don't think... <laughs> Maybe they just went on themselves. Maybe they just stepped around. They had a dancing bathroom area. <laughs> and a dancing chamber pot section. Yeah. <laughs> it was really just a hole, because you can't aim very well, I guess, if you're dancing. Well, that's a lot of images. We should stop I now. Let's get back yeah. on track. So, this John Waller guy, <laughs> since he said ergot poisoning is not it, he has a more plausible possibility. He blames it on stress and mass hysteria, which, hey, makes a lot of sense. It's the 1500s. Guess what? Harvests probably aren't doing as well as harvest now. Politics weren't at its best. Remember, this is France. Mm. Uh, there's lots of uprising. Hey, syphilis just came around. That can also make you kind of crazy. Yeah. So there was a lot to be stressed about. 
maybe just one person, Frau Trophea, manifests her stress in the way of dancing. And people go, oh my God, St. Vadas has struck her. I'm going to get it next. And just a chain reaction. Placebo effect? A placebo effect. Mass hysteria. Now, I did find one more. It's lesser believed theory. I only found it on one article. But it suggests that the dancers were probably just a member of a religious cult. You know, 400 people. (laughs) Right. Part of a religious cult. But my question to that is, why would they dance until they fell from exhaustion or until their feet were bloody? But then I thought, Ashley, an entire cult of people mixed up some flavor aid to catch a ride on a comet. So who am I to assume? That's a very good point. (laughs) I just keep picturing, like, a, a huge amount of people who think that there's actually a plague. They don't know why everyone else is dancing. So they're like, maybe I should dance too. Everyone else is doing it. So then you start dancing and you think everyone else is actually sick, but you're just faking it. But it turns out everybody's faking it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're all faking it. And then then they have to live up to it because they've already said they're sick. They've already committed. They've already committed. So they have to go all the way up to the mountains. To be cured. Yeah. Hey, I was cured just like everybody else. He was actually cured, but mine wasn't real. But they're all thinking that. Wow, we were real sick, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. So, that was the plague. The dancing plague of 1518. Hmm. And I would love to know your thoughts. Was it stress or food poisoning? Or was it St. Vadas taking his revenge on the townspeople of Strasbourg? Or was it just a case of someone getting a little too excited about Midsummer? If hmm. you have any ideas, let us know your thoughts on our Facebook and Instagram posts. Yes, please tell us your theories. <laughs> I would love to know. Because I could just come up with theories for days on this. I'm still counting on WAP. Yes, probably. Also, <laughs> like we said last time... While you're there commenting, please make sure that you share us with your friends. You share our posts. You tell people about us. You're reviewing us on Apple. Just if you're really enjoying the show, help us keep it going. Get our name out there. Get us some more listeners. Yeah, it's just it's not. okay. it's not just for our ego. We do want (laughs) to know. But it's also to get the word out. We'd love to have more discussions, more personal stories. Yeah, we love listener suggestions. Mm -hmm. If you have a case that you want to hear more about, if you have something weird you want to hear more about, send it to us and let us do all the research you don't want to (laughs) do. Yeah. I'll get on the internet so hard. (laughs) Don't edit that out. (laughs) So on that note, (laughs) we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Like us on Facebook at True Crimes and Weird Times Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at True Crimes Weird Times. Email us your stories at truecrimesweirdtimes at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Bye.